How's everybody doing? I want to welcome all the new group members to the group and uh, your first video tonight. The guys in New Jersey, we're going to do some New Jersey stuff, but we'll talk about a U.S. Supreme Court case, United States versus Ross, 1982, uh, and searching motor vehicles when you have probable cause and closed containers and compartments and packages found therein. When you have probable cause to search a car, what you can do, what you should do. Uh, all I want to do is address real quick is I have had a few people whose supervisors have told them, oh, that case law that he referenced in his group. It's old. It's from 1982. It's from 1994. Is there anything more recent? If you think case law expires or your supervisor thinks case law expires, you let them know next time you arrest somebody and you're going to question them, they don't have to read the Miranda anymore because Miranda expires. So I think Miranda's 69. So yeah, that's expired because shit expires. So guys, things don't get readdressed in case law if they don't have to be. If something works, they don't change it. So time, you know, this whole idea of these new and recent case law things changes. They're not going to they're not going to change every year. You're not going to have new rulings. I want an updated one. Right, you know what? Go down to the Supreme Court uh, of the United States or to the New Jersey Supreme Court and you complain to them. Tell them that you want new updated case law. So I'm going to move forward past that. We'll talk about U.S. versus Ross. We'll talk about a consent search and what the differences between the two. So. What I'm going to tell you first is this. If you get consent to search of a motor vehicle and you find locked or closed containers, maybe even a locked glove box, you're going to want to ask for consent of those locked items. The consent won't block, won't blanket into locked uh, briefcases, suitcases. You're going to have to ask for a separate consent for those specific items. And remember, watch your wording when you're asking for consent. If you're saying things like, hey, can I take a look in the passenger compartment of the car and then you go into the trunk? You may get dinged on that one. So just, hey, I'm going to, you know, be very clear on it. People don't want to consent. That's fine. The name of the game is not to convince them to give consent that they're not comfortable with. The name of the game is to explain to them what the circumstances are and what your next courses of actions will be if they refuse consent to search. That's it. I would tell people all the time, listen, you can refuse consent to search. As a matter of fact, if you don't understand what I'm telling you, I'm advising you that you should, uh, you know, refuse consent to search this motor vehicle. If you have questions or you feel uncomfortable with something, let me know and I'll address them. If you don't feel comfortable, don't do that. But if you do refuse consent to search, we are going to call for a canine unit. Um, and if the canine indicates on the motor vehicle, you know, we are going to search your car at that, at that junction. So just don't try to play games with it. Just know your craft, uh, get more educated, keep your brains up and you'll be able to just win every single time. That's what it's all about. It's just using the law correctly. That's it. The more you know, the better you're going to be at it. So let's talk about U.S. versus Ross. And here's what Ross says regarding, this is 1982. Now, people will say to me, oh, well, U.S. versus Ross is a U.S. Supreme Court case. If we've adopted U.S. Supreme Court case law, New Jersey's not going to make their own. So this is the one we use. The scope of a warrantless search of a lawfully stopped vehicle based on probable cause is no narrower, I'm sorry, narrower and no broader than the scope of search that could have been authorized by a search warrant. If probable cause justifies the search of a lawfully stopped vehicle, it justifies the search of every part of the vehicle and its contents that may conceal the object of the search. This rule applies equally to all compartments, containers, and packages found within the vehicle in which the object of the search may be found. There you go. Um, so what they're saying basically is, guys, if you have probable cause, it's like having a search warrant in your hands. You have to understand that. 
Okay. The dog indicates and establishes probable cause. It's like having a search warrant, but it's just not there tangible in your hand. They don't want you to apply for a search warrant anymore. Uh, we had to, for the guys from out of state, we had to get that in New Jersey. I know some other states still need to get that, but in New Jersey, we won't need that. So I just want to be clear, clear on what we're talking about here. So if you find locked compartments, you don't have to stop and get a search warrant. You don't have to, you can pop things open. If you have probable cause of a dog indicated, you treat it like a search warrant. It says it right here. Finding the search and seizure constitutionally valid, the United States Supreme Court held that once police have probable cause to believe that a lawfully stopped vehicle contains contraband, they may conduct uh, they may conduct a search of, a, um, of the vehicle that is thorough as a magistrate could authorize in a search warrant. Mm-hmm. Interesting language there. Now, magistrate is a judge for those of you that don't know. All right. And then we'll continue on with more Ross language. The scope of a warrantless search of a lawfully stopped vehicle based on probable cause is no narrower or no broader. Uh, already covered that. Sorry, my bad. Okay, the scope of the search contemplated by the automobile exception is not defined by the nature of the container in which the contraband is secreted. Rather, it is defined by the object of the search and the places in there uh, which there is probable cause to believe that it may be found. Just a probable cause to believe that a stolen lawnmower may be found in the garage will not support the warrant to search an upstairs bedroom. Probable cause to believe that undocumented aliens are being transported in a van will not justify a warrantless search of a suitcase. Probable cause to believe the container placed in the trunk of a taxi contains contraband does not justify a search of the entire cab. Accordingly, when probable cause justifies a search of a lawfully stopped vehicle, it justifies the search of every part of the vehicle and its contents that may conceal the object of the search. So let's say you have something, the canine guy's still on scene. You know, if you wanted to smell that, you know, if it's contained in the car, you wanted to maybe smell that thing. I'm not giving you any advice. You just got to be creative out there. Um, and basically, that's what it says. Hopefully, I'm covering all the things that I wanted to talk to you guys about. I was posed this question earlier, and I wanted to address it in a video, as I told the guy that I would. And then we'll go into a little bit further. Uh, let's see. We have, let's say, Ross. We have Pennsylvania versus LeBron. And I'll put all this stuff up in this post. If a car is readily mobile and probable cause exists to believe it contains contraband, the Fourth Amendment thus permits police to search the vehicle without more. Hmm, interesting. More case law that says you can what I will tell you is there's a case, uh, I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm actually going to look for it real quickly. Uh, I think it's California versus Acevedo. What they did was they actually saw, there was detectives who watched somebody put a suitcase in a car that they knew had drugs in it, and they tried to reverse it and use the automobile exception to stop it, smell the weed or whatever it was, and then search under the automobile exception. The court said that's no good. If you know an object's being placed into a car, the automobile exception does not apply. We had that in New Jersey here. You would, if you had preemptive knowledge, it wasn't a cold and unforeseen and spontaneous stop. You could not do that anyway. You would lose your automobile exception. So hopefully that helps everybody. Um, also check out um, State versus Acevedo. Oh, no, I said Acevedo. No, I apologize. California versus Acevedo. And then I can't remember the other one. But also know when a consent search, guys, consent search, you will have to ask permission if you find luggage or any other kind of uh, personal belongings, backpacks, pocketbooks of on a consent search of the person it belongs to in the car. Now, if all people deny ownership of that bag, it becomes abandoned property, and you can search it, and you're good to go. So hopefully that helps everybody. Um, I know a lot of guys reach out to me about what my next classes are. Check out streetcoptraining.com. If you want a sticker, send an email to streetcopstickers at gmail.com. We'll send it out to you. No charge. I'm looking for trades. I don't need you. I don't need coins and pens. Uh, although I appreciate it. Like I got enough stuff here. 
Uh, we just really want to do any, anything for the group that we can. So if you guys have any questions, you can reach out to me. and Everybody knows I answer that stuff. So have a good night.